This is Tammy Lenski, and this is one ridiculously simple way to be more persuasive. The longer I do conflict resolution work, the clearer I get that the ability to ask for what we want directly, confidently, and without aggression or manipulation is an important factor in both preventing and resolving conflict at work and home. You know, sometimes we fail to ask for what we want because we don't want to put somebody out. That's kindness we need more of in the world, of course, but it also has its limitations. Years ago, my husband's elderly mother called to tell him that her sister was in the hospital. My husband asked what was wrong with his aunt. His mother said she didn't know. My husband asked, but don't you kind of need to know that? To which his mother replied, of course I do, but I don't want to trouble them with asking. I hit the jackpot in the mother-in-law department, but this response has brought us years of chuckles. Sometimes we fail to ask for what we want because we fear they'll judge us or say no. But our own mental game can seriously sideline us if this is our default. One of the participants in my Ask Challenge wrote to me and said, I can't do the challenge you just sent. It's repulsive. When I wrote back asking what was repulsive to her about it, she replied with, and this was in all caps, it's repulsive because I don't want to appear financially needy and rude. Just how clueless are you? The challenge was to ask for 10% off a cup of coffee at her favorite coffee shop. In the U.S., that would just be a few cents. Sometimes we fail to ask for what we want because we expect they'll take care of us. Yet if we can't be our own self-advocates, should we really expect others to do it? When I was 23 and just out of grad school, I was a finalist for a career coach job at a college. I got the job. The other finalists didn't. A year later, I was promoted to assistant director. The woman I'd beaten out of the coaching job a year earlier got my old job, and I was now her supervisor. A week after she started, I opened the copy machine and found a document left in it. It was her contract for $5,000 more per year than I was earning now as her supervisor. That's the day I realized I had to learn to ask. And sometimes we fail to ask for what we want because we expect them to read our minds and already know what we need or want. If they really care about me, we might find ourselves thinking, they should know I want this, or they would know I need them to do that. When they don't read our minds sufficiently well, we may pout a bit or get downright ticked off. Over time, this is the stuff of chronic tension. Unfortunately, our loved ones and work colleagues suck at reading our minds. It's as much a sign of love to communicate our needs clearly to our partners as it is for them to guess what we need. And it's as much a sign of respect to communicate our desires clearly to our colleagues as it is for them to guess what we're thinking. So learning how to ask clearly, confidently, and without aggression or manipulation is a wise skill to improve. As I said in the Ask Challenge, starting small and building our ask muscle is a very good way to do this. Small asks with little real consequence in our life Help us avoid feeling intrusive of others, minimize the impact on us if they say no or really do judge us harshly, and they take mind reading out of the picture entirely. A landmark study from the 1970s uncovered a lovely little insight about effectively asking for small favors. Harvard psychologist Ellen Langer was actually studying mindlessness in her now famous copy machine study. In the study, Langer arranged for someone to interrupt people who were in the middle of making photocopies in a busy office. The person would interrupt in one of three ways. One, 
Excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine? Two. Excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine because I'm in a rush? Three. Excuse me, I have five pages. May I use the Xerox machine because I have to make copies? The results were pretty interesting. When the interrupter just asked to cut in, the request was granted about 60% of the time. But when the interrupter provided a reason, the request was granted over 90% of the time, even when the reason was essentially meaningless, like in that third option. That meaningless third option, by the way, lost its power when the interrupter had a large request, such as many pages, to copy. To be more persuasive in your own request, then, keep your ask simple and straightforward and supply a reason, just like the interrupter in the Langer experiment. I don't recommend supplying a fake reason. You know, in ongoing relationships at work and home, manipulation will eventually come back and slap you upside the head. And if you're a mediator, coach, or manager intervening in others' conflicts, and someone states what they want or need but fails to introduce their own because, it's easy to help them communicate their request more clearly. If you're the recipient of someone else's request and they fail to explain why, it's also easy to pleasantly and directly get that information. So if the speaker says something like, I just need him to X, Y, or Z, all you have to do is say, because... Dot. You're essentially, you're, you're leaving a dot, dot, dot question mark after the word. Your tone of voice matters here. I'm not recommending the kind of because that sounds like a challenge to a fight. Think of it this way, curious and kind. And don't try to fill in the blanks for them. You might miss an option and cause an inaccurate reply. And don't fill in the airspace. Just ask and wait.